0: So she's getting that degree, and she's also working toward her business degree at the same time. She's working her tail end off. Well, here in a couple of weeks, she graduates with her cosmetology degree. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of her. So she called me, boohooing. <laughs> Pastor, I gotta get right really with God. Well, yeah, you do. She said. Ah. I wasn't going gradu- to, I mean, I'm graduating, but I wasn't going to walk, and I wasn't going to do this, and I wasn't going to make a big deal about it. But the Holy Ghost just corrected me, and he told me I had to walk because I've earned it, and that I need to have people that are important to me to go. So will you go to my graduation with me? And I'm like, well, thank God I've been waiting on the invitation. It's about time you got around to it. Hello. So then yesterday she's over at the house, and she's going through stuff, and I, and she's like, she's like, This cap is like $25. And I'm like, seriously? God has been supernaturally financing you through college. He told you to walk, and you're going to whine to God and go, it's $25. I'm just not worth it. Stop it. Spend $25 on yourself. Get the cap. Get the gown. Because you've earned it. She ordered it. Because she, or, she earned it. See, you have to understand. Do what? Right. Right. But you know what? You've earned it. You've earned it, girls. You've earned it. You've worked for it. Now, let me tell you something. To get what God has called you to, to get the blessings of God, to get the prosperity of God to get the health of God, to get the freedom of God, you're going to have to work for it. Amen. It doesn't just, the things of God don't just magically happen. The things of Satan, those magically happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Those just, why? Because he's trying to kill you. He's been trying to kill you since the day you were conceived.
1: He likes to set traps.
0: The devil has been trying to kill you since the day you were conceived. That he surely can.
1: Right.
0: I can, too.
1: All right. So verse 27.
0: Oh, my gosh. Is that as far as we've gotten? Yep. Oh, we got to preach fast.
1: So. So. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, created he him. Male and female, created he them.
0: If you didn't hear him the first time, he said it a second time. Did you hear me?
1: Created in (laughs) in the image of God.
0: You're created in the image. And he only created two, male and female. You know why he created a male and a female?
1: Well, it tells you in the next <laughs> it verse. It tells
0: us. It tells us in the next verse. It tells us in the very next verse why we're created male and female.
1: Yep. So God and God said so, and God blessed them. And God said and to them. So in twenty-six he was talking to himself. Now he's talking to Adam and Eve. He says. He said, he, said un- mankind. Yep. he said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, did he, did he say, just go out there and stand there and everything's going to obey you? No, he said he said, subdue it. Replenish the earth and subdue it. That means they're going to have to work.
0: That's right. They're going to have to work. They're going to have to do some things. But here's why they made male and female to be fruitful. Now I've said in past sermons that, that being fruitful doesn't mean just having babies, but it means being working with your hands and things like that. But it does mean it in also this includes earth, having babies. It also means having babies because it says be fruitful and multiply and replenish, which technically that, that's not the greatest translation. It should be and fill. Fill. Everybody's freaking out. That the earth is getting too full. No, it's not. We were commanded from the beginning to fill it. To fill it. God put all the provision here. Stop freaking out and freaking out and eating the insect flour. Oh. What? Did you know people are doing that? No. Did you know people are doing that? They're they're collecting insects, and they're grinding them up, and they're making flour out of it, and that's how they're getting their nourishment. And they're doing this because they're afraid that there's not enough food on the planet. Stop it. Get out of the city. Drive around a little bit. You'll figure out. There's lots of farmland still. You'll figure it out. Glory to God. No, you were meant to multiply. Listen. (laughs) <laughs> Two men cannot multiply. No. Two women cannot multiply. No. A person trying to be a cat and a person trying to be a dog cannot multiply. That's not how this works. <laughs> but here, here's the deal. You were created male and female. Now, I'm not being vulgar. I'm not being rude. I'm not being anything. I'll just say it like my spiritual father says it. Now, he's good in country. But he says it this way, if you don't know what you is, get in the privacy, privacy of your own home, get in front of a mirror, pull down your skivvies and look at your equipment and whatever equipment you got, that's what you is. Okay? Now I've heard him say it this way, if you don't have a mirror big enough. He said in the privacy of your own home, get in the shower. Take You take your clothes off, get in the shower, and look down. And whatever equipment you have, that's what you is. God did not mess up when he created you.
1: Nope.
0: He did not mess up. You are not trapped in the wrong body. You are not. Just because you have different tendencies or different things that you like doesn't mean you're something you're not. Listen, I grew up in a junkyard. I did. My daddy was a a salvage worker. I grew up in a junkyard. Honey, by the time I was eight years old, I could help my daddy pull the motor apart. I mean, I didn't necessarily have the strength to do it, but I had the know-how to pull an engine, break that thing down, clean it, scrape it, put all the valves back in it, and put it back together. Now, is that something that pretty little princess girls know how to do? Do you know? No. No. Now my my sister on the other hand, she didn't want nothing to do about it. In fact, when she got to be a teenager and she ended up getting she ended up getting a a flat tire one time, a blown out tire, she she called daddy and and said, "I'll go to the car, I can't." He said, "Well, get out there and get the jack and fix it." She said, I, right, you know, I don't know how to do that." He said, "I'm coming." So he drove over to where she was and he said, uh, called her by name and he, he said, he said, "Uh, where about you get that flat tire? She said, "Well." It just, he said, "Now, I want you to think about it." She thought about it for a second. She paused and thought about it. He said, "Now, where'd you get that flat tire?" And she said, "Oh, a mile or two back." He said, "Yeah." He said, "I followed your groove right to where you were." She didn't just get a flat tire. She got a blown out tire. She drove that thing on the rim for almost two miles. Ran right the rim.
1: Horried up. And he will say he wasn't happy about
0: it. No. Oh no. No. But my point was was just cause I had a 'cause I had a, and I got I was out in the dirt and the filth and I mean getting the cars. I don't care. I got when I got when I went out in the work first I was working with a with a young man who didn't know nothing about cars and as he comes in, he's like, Oh my car won't work and I said, Well, I'll come look at it. He and I started looking he had no water, he had barely any oil. The battery was corroded beyond bone length. I was like, holy cow. I I called him by name and I said, dude, this is why your car doesn't work. He said, well, what's wrong with it? Now, if I let the devil talk to me the way he talks to people, the devil would have convinced me that I was a boy because I was a tomboy. And listen, I still have to work at being girly today at the age of 51 or 52 or however old I am. Okay. I still have to work at it. Does that mean that I'm a, that I'm a guy? No. Not at all. I just I just operate differently. I just operate differently. Personally, I'll just grab you up by the neck, shake you around like an old bulldog, sit you back down and they expect you to walk right. How much you know that tends to be kind of how the men are. My husband on the other hand, he's very soft and very gentle and very kind. How much do you know? That do not make him a woman.
1: Nope. I even notice what people wear. That <laughs> yeah, make no he woman does.
0: Either. He'll say, <coughs> he'll, say he'll, he'll, he'll walk away, he'll say did, you say, did you notice so-and-so got their hair done? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, so-and-so had the prettiest earrings on. I'm like, really? Did you notice so-and-so got new shoes? I'm like, wait, what? I don't, I, yeah, he buys the, he buys the, because I get there and I get overwhelmed. I'm like, this is just too complicated. Just, this is just too complicated.
1: You've got to take time.
0: <laughs> I like to get in and get out. How many women do you know that say that? They don't. These women these women take us on. These women, uh, once a year, I'll say, okay, what kind of fellowship y'all want to do once a year? They say, Pastor, we need to go on a women's shopping trip. Oh, in the beginning, oh gosh, oh I had to work on it. Now I've learned to enjoy them. See, I've learned to see, enjoy where, them. See, Whereas
1: she grew up in the junkyard with her dad, I grew up at home with mom and dad was gone all the time. So I learned things.
0: Talking about, we're still talking about position. One thing that's important about knowing your position is knowing what you is. Yeah. You got to know what you is. And I don't care what society says. You don't have to be. Why are we talking about this? Because somebody needs to hear it. You don't have to be bisexual to be accepted. Amen. That's a bunch of bunk, junk, hogwash, and it's bondage of Satan. Yep. Stick to what you are. Stick to what God created you. In fact, save yourself for marriage. Yep. It'll make your marriage life so much easier. Well, pastor, did you save yourself for marriage? Well, let me just be real honest in front. No. But I wasn't taught. I grew up in the age in the air of at least just be safe about it. I grew up in the age of the church that said we don't talk about politics. Look where that's got us. Look where that's got us. We don't talk about religion with anybody. Look where that's gotten us. We've got generations of people out there that don't know Jesus Christ. That's why our nation's in the mess that it's in. And dear Lord in heaven, whatever you do, don't talk about sex.
1: That's pretty much what most people talk about all the time. But yeah,
0: that's what the world talks about. But, oh, but you're a Christian, don't talk about it. What do you mean, don't talk about it? God created it. He said he created it for marriage. You got to know your position. Why are we talking about it? Because some of these to hear it. Maybe somebody in the house, maybe somebody in the house is struggling with it. Maybe it's somebody online. I don't know. All I know is God said proclaim it, so I'm proclaiming it. P. S. They ain't a notebook up here.
1: Not today. Well, I got one un- under my Bible.
0: All right. <laughs> so we understand that we're created in God's image and we're created to have dominion. We know, and I haven't got time to go into it, we know that when they ate of the tree, that we lost our dominion and that the curse entered the world. But there was one that came. Amen. Hundreds, of thou- hundreds, potentially thousands of years later, uh, there was one that came. And the one that came was Jesus Christ. Amen. Go to, oh, Jesus, where are we going, Holy Ghost? Let's go to Ephesians. Come on, let's go to Amen. Ephesians. Nope, I just heard the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's go to Romans. Come on. Let's go to Romans 10. Come on, Romans 10. We should have known it, right? We should have known it. Romans 10, 10, or 10, 9, I should say. Mm-hmm. Romans 10, 9. How do you get your dominion back? How do you get your authority back? How do, you get, how do you break the curse? How do you get back into fellowship with God? How do you get back to the place of original creation? I'm so glad you asked. Romans 10, 9. Let's read.
1: That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Glory to God. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation.
0: All right. Go back to verse
1: 9. All right. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth.
0: Keep going.
1: The Lord Jesus.
0: Stop right there. Stop right there. Does it say the Savior Jesus? No. Nope. doesn't say Savior Jesus. Now, I know we got Savior up here because the word Jesus actually means Savior. It actually, his name, Je- Jesus, the name Jesus actually translates to the word Savior. The word Christ, if Pastor Michael get out of the way, the word Christ actually translates to the word anointed. Anointed. That means full of power, might, and dominion. That means that God's power rests upon the Savior. Emmanuel is one of the Old Testament names of God, which means God with us. So when we receive the anointed Savior, we receive God with us. I was talking, I was meditating this morning. Oh, I'm telling you, us preachers can spend some money. The Lord said... You got to fix the sign. I said, What are you talking about? He said, You ain't got Lord up there. I said, You're right, Lord. I don't. So, Lord's fixing. We are fixing to design and order Lord and put Lord up there, too. Amen. Because he is Lord. Yes, he's the anointed Savior. But he's only anointed Savior if you receive him as Lord. Lord. Now what a lot of people do is they receive Jesus as Savior, and what that does is that punches their ticket for heaven. At least that's the understanding. But they never get free of bondage. They never get they never get the prosperity that Jesus came that they might have. They never get healed thoroughly and completely. They never get past their woes. they might have an agreement with God, and a lot of people only get only receive Jesus in their head, not in their heart. That's true. They mentally assent to Jesus. No, it says that if you will confess, which means you speak out of your mouth, or you, it means you, it's, to confess means to speak, to speak, to speak out of where?
1: Out of your mouth.
0: Out of your mouth. Not with your hands. Not with your mind. So many people say, "Well, I received Christ." Silently. Does that say if you confess Jesus in your mind? No, it says you got to confess him in your ma- out of your mouth. And what do you have to confess him as? Lord. Lord. Now, I did a big thing last week about who Lord is, but God said do it again. So what Lord means is Lord means whatever you say, that's what I do. He's the ruler and master of your life. Now, I want you to understand there's two realms in the spirit. There's two realms in the spirit. There's God's kingdom, which is the kingdom of heaven, and there's Satan's kingdom, which is the kingdom of hell. Now, Satan didn't start off as Satan. Satan started as Lucifer. Go to Ezekiel.
1: And, of course, Satan's kingdom is not really a kingdom per se. It's more of a prison.
0: It's a prison. Let's go to Ezekiel. All by unction of the Holy Ghost. So I'll tell you what chapter when I get there. Come on. Where are you at? I know you're in here.
1: You know which chapter we're in? No, no. I was hoping you, I was hoping you would, because he's still flipping around.
0: I'll get there. It's in Ezekiel. Hold on. The Holy Ghost bringing all things to my remembrance. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's warm in here. Hold on. Lord, is that the one you wanted me to go to? I don't think that is. That's a good verse, though. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Just hold on. How much you to know God's worth waiting on? Yeah. I thought I marked it. Come on. I know it's in here. Hold on. I know it's in here. Thank you, Lord. Bring all things to my remembrance, Father. I thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Oh, come on.
1: Thank you, Father.
0: Give me just another minute.
1: What is it you're looking for
0: i was i was right ezekiel twenty eight I'm sorry, I just went right past it i was right, but I went right past it. We won't do that again. We'll mark it different all right ezekiel twenty eight <clears throat> Let's look at verse. Well, let's look at verse 1. Verse 1 and verse 2 of Ezekiel 28.
1: All right. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God.
0: All right. So, who's he talking to? The prince of Tyrus, right? Ezekiel's a prophet. He hears from God, he speaks to people. For on God's behalf, and who's he talking to? He's talking to the prince or the ruler of Tyrus. That's who he's talking to. And what's he say?
1: Thus saith the Lord God. Keep going. Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am God. I am a god. I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art a man and not God. Thou set thine heart as the heart of God.
0: Now, he's talking to a governor, to the governor of Tyree, and this governor said this about the Lord.
1: Well, he said it about himself. Or
0: about himself. He li- number one, he lifted up himself in his heart. Number two, he said, I am a god. Number three, he said, I'm going to sit in the seat of God. This is the same stuff that Satan said. Yeah. This is the same stuff that Satan said. Now, I want you to jump over to verse um, 11. Well, yeah, verse
1: 11. All right. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum of the Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty.
0: Now, does that sound like he's still talking to the same guy? It does, doesn't it? Yep. It does, doesn't it? Let's read on a little bit.
1: All right. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God.
0: Now, wait, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God? How did this Prince of Tyre thousands of years after the garden, be with God? I mean, was this prince on the ark and we just didn't know it? No. So could he possibly be talking to the prince at this point? No, he's talking to the spirit operating through the prince. God, through Ezekiel, God is talking directly to Satan who has overtaken this king, who has overtaken this man, or who is operating in this man. Now, this is what he has to say about Satan before he fell. All
1: right. So, verse 13. Hold
0: on. We got to back up. He said, seal up. He said this. He said, thus, seal up the sum of all wisdom. Satan has, your great enemy that's out to kill you has all wisdom. He has all wisdom. And.
1: Perfect in beauty.
0: He is perfect in beauty. Before he fell, he was perfect in beauty. When Satan was Lucifer in the heavenlies, he was the most beautiful of all of the messengers of God. That's what the word angel means, is messenger of God. He was the most beautiful angel of them all. Many people that you meet and that you come in contact with that are full of wisdom and are sweet and kind and good-looking are influenced by devils and demons. Many people think, well, it's just ugly, so it's a devil. But they're too pretty, so it's not the devil. Do you not know that the Bible says that, that Satan himself is able to show himself or appear as an angel of light? Why is he able to do that? Because he knows what perfect beauty looks like. Come on.
1: Let's read some more about him. All right. Verse 13. Thou hast been in, the, in Eden, the garden of God.
0: Uh, do we know that to be true?
1: Yes, yeah. he was there.
0: He was there. He, de- he, defi- he, he was the one that got Adam and Eve to defile themselves. Well, when did, it, when did, he Adam sh- when did Satan show up? Apparently, at least in the garden, because he walked with God in the garden. He didn't just suddenly show up in the serpent one day. No, he, it says, God said um, that thou hast been and eaten uh, the garden of God with
1: God. And it says, every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created.
0: Satan had, Lucifer had a body. He had a body in heaven. He had a body. And his body was covered with all the precious stones the topaz and the emerald and the diamond and the carbuncle and the sardis and all these. He was covered. His physical body was covered and. Gorgeous gems, and he had he had turbots and pipes. He had pipes. He was a he was a walking musical instrument. And yet, when he walked, he was beautiful. It wasn't creepy. It wasn't weird. It wasn't ugly. It was beautiful. And when he walked, he made music. And when he moved, he made music. This is why music is so influential. Because he knows this is why what you listen what you put into your ears and listen to corrupts you or blesses you. Because either God is either God is inspiring the music or Satan, who was once the chief musician in heaven, is inspiring the music for his kingdom. That's why it matters. Go on. Yep.
1: All right. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God.
0: His job, his, you know, he, said, he said thou art the cherubim, the anointed cherub. In other words, every time, you see, every time a cherub is mentioned in the Bible, the anointing is associated with it. There's lots of different angels, they have lots of different jobs. But but I'm I'm convinced that when it's a cherub, it's um, for the anointing. The anointing is associated. The cherubs, their job has something to do with the anointing. They're either guarding it, protecting it, delivering it, something. The cherubs are always doing something with the anointing. When an angel comes with an anointing for you, it's a cherub. It's not a warring angel. You want a warring angel to bring you the anointing. You want an anointed angel to bring you the anointing, right? So, so the, but he, so he was anointed, and he was the cherub, and he covered the throne. He's big. He's big, and he covered the throne.
1: Come on. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee.
0: So when it says he walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire, there's actually, there's actually a, a, a path of stones, a path of fire uh, before the throne room of God. And, what, and, what, and what, say, what Lucifer's job was, was to dance and twist and twirl and worship before God. And as he did, it made music to God. That was his job. That, that was Satan's job, was to twist and twirl and create music. Do you think he stopped making music? Except no. so for his music now worships him in his kingdom, instead of worshiping God in God's kingdom. Why are we talking about this? It affects your position. It affects your thinking and understanding of your position. Oh, Lord Jesus, come on. All uh, right, a little bit more.
1: 16, all right. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have... No, not that verse. Not that one.
0: Okay, okay. So, so we understand it. So, so you have to understand, Lucifer, the kingdom of Satan was not originally a kingdom. Yeah. But he got to talking and thinking and behaving like this prince of Tyre. Really, that Prince of Tyre got to thinking those things and saying those things because he surrendered to Satan. And he started to take on the personality of Satan. And God corrects him, and God goes down through here. For the sake of time, we're not going to read it, but we go down through here, and God basically tells him through Ezekiel, Satan, you're, you're going to come down. I'm going to take you down. You're going to come down. Now, I want you to go over a couple of verses.
1: Or chapters.
0: Couple of chapters, yep. And I want you to go to chapter thirty-seven. All right. Verse ten. This is where Ezekiel prophesies to the to the to the dry bones. So verse ten, the dry bones have come into life. Or it's come into life. Let's read verse ten.
1: All right. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came unto them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army.
0: Let's keep going.
1: Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are as as the whole, or, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall out of my spirit, and shall put excuse me, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord.
0: All right. So he's talking about, at this point, the Israelites have no nation. We know in 1947, Israel became a nation. They got their nation. Part of that prophecy was fulfilled. But what I want you to look at is that he said, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. That's the part that applies to them and applies to us. Go back to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Following the Holy Ghost. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. I said all of that to say this. There's the kingdom of God. It was the kingdom from begin from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. Mari, find me that verse uh about um Jesus saw him fall from lightning, like lightning. Uh telling you when you when you when you're preaching without any scriptures, any notes, you kinda gotta you gotta work with the Holy Ghost. That's why he's blessed us with Mari. I can I can make a mention and he can go find it in a heartbeat. He's very skilled at it. Uh, here we go. He's got it. He goes, this is the words of Jesus. Jesus said, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as falling from heaven. If you read up through there a little bit, it says that with the finger of God, with the finger of God, God removed Satan from heaven. When did he remove him? When he exalted his, When He attempted to exalt himself above God. When he? Now, listen to me. Man, this is a this is good word. I'm going to go back and listen to this message. Listen to me. <clears throat> How did Satan, we didn't read it, but you go back and you read it. What was the lie that Satan told Adam and Eve? He said, he said, if you eat of this tree, you'll become like God's. You won't, you'll become like God's. That's been an issue with humanity since that day. All of mankind wants to be their own God. They want to be their own God. They don't want to be in God's kingdom and they don't want to be in Satan's kingdom. They want to be their own God, their own person, their own,
1: their own Lord, their own
0: Lord. The only problem is you have no property to be lord over. Yeah. You have no spiritual place to have to be lord over. You're either lord over, you're either, a, you're either a willing servant in the kingdom of God or you're a prisoner slave to the kingdom of Satan. Well, we're in, well I'll figure that out when I get to the spirit. Too late, done, gone. Too late, done, gone. You don't get to decide later. You decide right now. And it's your choice. Well, I don't feel like it's my choice. Well, I'll prove it to you it's your choice. When you come into this world, people get all sad and hurt and upset when little babies die. And don't take me wrong. My heart breaks for the family that loses a small child. My heart breaks for the family that you lose, that for any parent that loses a child at any age. I watched my grandparents lose their son when I was 12 years old. I I, I watched it. He was was killed by a drunk driver. And I watched the agony of my grandparents and my family. I I don't, I don't, my heart hurts for that. Now, he's in heaven. I look forward to seeing him. But when a little child dies, honey, that child goes straight to heaven. That child goes straight to the heavenly throne. That child is still there. That child waiting there for mama and daddy to get there and grandies to get there and grandpies to get there and aunts and uncles. That baby goes straight. There's no question about it. Why? Because the moment you're conceived, your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life immediately. And your name stays in his book until you choose to reject God by your lifestyle. When you choose to do wrong, when you know to do right, that's sin, and it separates you from God. Now, God's full of loving mercy, and there's a season of mercy and grace um, within young people. And that's, and, 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 but, when, but at some point, you reach what's called the age of accountability. And that's when God says, now, you've learned enough, you've been taught enough, you know that what you're doing is wrong. You know what you're doing is not okay. You know it down on the inside. Because God witnesses it on the inside. And, the kid, and at some point you go. Psh, whatever God. I'm going to go do it anyways. And when that becomes your attitude. And you turn from doing right. When you know to do. When you turn from doing right. And you choose to do wrong. When you know better. you You willingly move yourself out of the kingdom of God. And over here into the kingdom of Satan. Because you said. I'm going to be lord to my I'm going to let my flesh rule and reign me and be lord instead of letting my spirit rule and reign me. You chose your flesh over your spirit. The only way to get back into the kingdom of God is to say the only way to get back is to back into the kingdom. Once you make it over here into the kingdom of hell, the only way to get back Romans 10 Romans 10:9 and 10 is to choose to say Lord Jesus I receive you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe Jesus I believe God raised you from the dead and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. And when you do that, Jesus immediately he immediately walks right up to say I'm not calling you Satan, but he immediately walks right up to Satan and he says Excuse me, they've decided that I'm going to be the Lord of their life. You got anything to say about that? Satan. And Satan goes, No. And God goes, Good. They're mine. And, they, and, God, and immediately, God, Jesus connects himself to them, and he walks them right out of the kingdom of hell and right into the kingdom of life, and he says, Now, what I say, that's what you do. That's being Lord. That's being Lord. But I, don't, but I want to hang with the cool kids. I'm not talking about just school. I'm talking about work. When, you'll get into the, when, you, when you guys get into the full adult world, you'll find out that it's the same thing at work. True that. I want to hang with the cool kids.
1: Well, the cool kids got more influence. And
0: the cool them. kids, they like to party, and they like to do this, and they like to do that. And if I want to be the cool kids, I've got to gossip. And if I want to be with the cool kids, I've got to tear people down. And if I want to be with the cool kids, I've got to go out and have the social drink. Oh while we're doing the social drink. Oh, we gotta do the social drugs too.
1: And the cool kids don't talk about God.
0: Yeah, and the cool kids definitely don't talk about God. Ooh, ooh, that's a that's a, the cool kids are too cool for God. No, honey, they're so blinded they've served the devil. I'm telling you. I, here's something amazing I learned. Isn't that amazing. Woke my eyes up. It's amazing what the Lord brings back to you. I remember <clears throat> I'm living in the world for 12 years and I never heard anybody. Never. I never heard anybody talk about God. Never. Not one time. Never heard anybody. But then I received Jesus. And now I went from this kingdom back into this kingdom. And I'm a people pleaser. I'm not people. I was a people pleaser. That's not what I meant to say. I'm a people watcher. I watch people. I listen, my ears are keyed in. Even Brother James come bebopping in the office, what was it, last week or week before, and said, how many ears do you have? Because I'm always listening. My radar is always up. I'm always listening. I was taught to do that living in the city. You watch your back, you listen to everything. So I'm listening to everything. And I'm working. And all of a sudden, I begin to hear people. You know the servants of the servants of the of the devil, because you're serving one or the other. The servants of the devil, they don't think twice about ah, oh, but but up but but. You know what I'm saying? Giving praise to their God, profanity after profanity. But over here, out here, ooh, let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you, man, I had an encounter with Jesus this week. I was driving. This car almost hit me, but my angels moved me right out of the way. And I kept hearing this everywhere. But what really floored me was though there were more people talking about Jesus than there were talking about the devil, the Christians were whispering and the devils were screaming. See, and what and, and, well why did you go, why were you all of a sudden able to hear the Christians because the blinders had been taken off my eyes and off of my ears yep. because I came into the kingdom of God See if you're serving in the kingdom of Satan or you're maybe you're in the kingdom, maybe you're in the kingdom of God, but you're right here on the edge and you're kind of being pulled that way see Satan will put blinders on you
1: and and the, and the cool kids. To use the analogy you were using, the cool kids will t- like to talk about the gray areas. Okay. Oh, there's so many gray areas in life, and there's so many loopholes, and, and and you know you, there you can do it this way, and you can get away with it. Well, the thing is, there's not really any gray areas with God. No, he's, he's light. He's light. Satan's darkness. That there is no in between. You're either in the light or you're in the darkness.
0: If you're in the if, gray, if, you're in the dark.
1: If you're looking for loopholes, if you're looking for the gray area, you're not putting Jesus as Lord of your life. Amen. Right. And if he's not Lord of your life, then then Satan is. Yep. All right. So let's
0: finish reading this verse, verse 9. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. In other words, Jesus says, confess my word. You confess his word. Jesus says, spend time in the Bible. Spend time in the Bible. The Jesus says... Don't talk that way. You don't talk that way. Jesus says, separate yourself. You separate yourself. Jesus says, confess my word. You confess the word. Jesus, whatever he says, that's what you do. That's what you do. Okay? That's what a Lord is. Now, Satan's a little subtler, but he gets you wrapped up into some mess. But now notice it says, and it's not just, I confess Jesus. Because you can confess him. I said this earlier. There's a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But there's only... a big difference between believing in him and believing in your heart. My aunt, who nearly went to hell, believed in Jesus. She just didn't believe he was the son of God.
1: Satan believes in Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the book of James says, because cause they were all right. Uh, in the book of James, which was Jesus' brother, uh. He said, oh, you believe in the devils and demons. Well, that's good. They believe in Jesus, too. They were like, yeah, they tremble at, his, at, the, at the name of Jesus, too. Good job. In, no.
1: in, in fact, uh, in fact most, most, uh, most false religions believe in, in believe Jesus.
0: In, in they just Siddha. don't
1: make him Lord, and they don't put him first. Even the Quran, the Quran speaks more of Jesus than it does of Mohammed. That's right. But But he's
0: nothing more than a prophet. See, that's called a false Jesus. It's called a false Jesus. But notice what he said. He said, and shall believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. Now, I say this all the time. Well, I believe the grass is pink. doesn't make the grass pink. Here's the deal. Every time I say that, I know in my heart that grass is not pink. I know that grass ain't pink. Ain't nothing going to turn that grass pink. Why? Because that's not how God created it. Amen. Just because you... So there's a difference between having a little bit of trouble in your head and but yet knowing it to be true in your heart. So he said believe, because that word believe simply means to trust. I trust in my heart. Where do we have to trust? Trust in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. You have to trust and believe that Jesus is alive today. And I believe it. Do I understand it completely? No. Do I understand how Jonah survived in a whale well for three days? No. Do I understand how Jesus survived the, the beating of the cross? And let me tell you something, he was whipped more than 39 times. Yeah. The standard whipping of a Roman, uh, the standard rule for, for a Roman whipping was you stopped at 39, because 39 would kill most people. That was like the, that was, capital punishment was 39. But the scripture said that the soldiers kind of got caught up and went to the point of excess in whipping him. Which means he was whipped more than 39 times. Okay? Just, so by all rights, just by the scourging alone, Jesus should have died. How did he carry the cross while he was whipped? How did he get hung on the the cross and survived for six more hours? I don't understand it. I have enough of a medical understanding to know that shouldn't have been able to happen. But Jesus understood who he really was. And he understood his divine position. He understood it. See, we don't understand our divine position. I want you to go to so once you receive Jesus, once you receive Jesus, go to First Corinthians. once you receive Jesus, then wonderful things happen. I'm going the wrong way, y'all. I said, first, I meant, is it first? It's second. Second Corinthians. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians five, verse seventeen. 517. 2 Corinthians 517.
1: Let's read. All right. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new.
0: When you become in Christ, the moment... When, how do I become in Christ? The moment you do Romans ten nine. The moment that you say, Jesus You are the Lord of my life. I believe God raised you from the dead. The moment you say that is the moment that you become in Christed. That's the moment that this old fleshiness dies. Now, let me tell you something. When you receive Christ, you're going to look in the mirror and go, ain't nothing changed. When you sit down to think, get in your car, go out to your car, drive, you're going to think the same way you've always thought. But down on the inside where the real you is, there's going to be a difference. Yeah.
1: And that, that voice that's telling you ain't nothing changed, that's, 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 the, that's the devil. It's
0: the devil. But down on the inside, you're going to figure out, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do, like, I'm just not comfortable talking the way I'm talking anymore. I'm just, it'll tenderize you. Jackie's been with us for years, and for years, Jesus was nothing more than Savior to her. And to get her straightened out, I had to be rough with her and tough with her. There were times I had to just correct her sharply in front of people. And people look at me and gasp (gasps) because I had to be so harsh with her. And she'd look at him and go, no, seriously, I need this. She's helping me. And I'm like, girlfriend, how long are we going to go like this? Like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden, one day, I figured out she didn't understand what Lord was. So I told her, I said, girlfriend, you you got to figure out what Lord is. I said, come over to my house. We'll watch some movies about kings and lords and what have you. And you can start to get an understanding. And she's like, okay, well, unbeknownst to me, she went and had a conversation with God, and God showed her what Lord was. And she said, oh, if that's what it is, okay, Lord, I receive you as Lord, not Savior. She got rid of her get out of free jail card. That's literally she thought Jesus was her get out of jail free card. That's what she thought. Jesus was my get out of hell card. That's what she thought. But then she saw, but then God opened her eyes because she asked the question, God, what's the difference between Lord and Savior? And he said, Oh, honey, it's this right here. She said, Well then I make you Lord. And instantly her heart changed. But she didn't inform me of this conversation that she had with God. (laughs) So here I am thinking I still got to be rough and tough with her. And so I correct her the way I've been correcting her for, I don't know. Eight years, nine years. I don't know. feels like forever. Since Noah came off the ark, I've been correcting her this way. And all of a sudden, I correct her hardly. And she's going, why are you so hard? I don't understand. And I'm like. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what is wrong? She's like, I just, I got to go. And this went on for a couple of weeks. And I probably said, girlfriend, you got to come sit down in my office. And I said, what is the matter with you? You're getting offended at the drop of a hat. You're crying even more than usual. Like, what is going on? And she's like, well, I really don't know. This. I said, when did this start? She said, well you remember. It. Now, listen, when you ask Jackie a question, be prepared. Brace yourself for a story. You think I'm a storyteller? Oh, honey, you ain't seen nothing. She'll tell you who she looked at on social media on her way to talk to you. Just hold on. <laughs> that guy. She kept saying yesterday, that guy. And I'm like, who are you talking about? Oh, she said, oh, it was some video. And I said, oh, okay. So later she said, that guy. And I said... What guy? She said, that guy. I did. She said, that guy, he was so happy with his hair. And I said, what guy? I'm thinking of video. She goes, no, the guy whose hair I cut the other day. I'm like, wow. She took a breath and I lost half the story. <laughs> so she'll tell you a story. So she backed me up on a story and she said, so you remember me and so and so were in the church and we were talking about this and then finally it came down to. I went and had a conversation with the Lord and found out what Lord meant, and I received him as my Lord. And she said, and now ever since then, every time you correct me, it just hurts. And I said, well, of course it hurts because you got a brand new heart. I said, you're tender now. Now I don't have to beat through your thick hard-headedness, your hard heart. And she said, "Is, is, is, is that what it is? I said, yes. I've not had to correct her harshly one day since. Difference between Savior and Lord. I'm trying to get us somewhere. Mm -hmm. What happened? She became that brand new creature. creature. She became that brand new creature. So when you become that brand new creature, you become in Christed. Now, I only got a couple of minutes. Just hang tight with me. We're going to Ephesians. I think we're going to Ephesians. I'm pretty sure we're going to Ephesians. Hold on. Maybe we, we, we're going to get there, but hold on.
1: Well, now you're in Ephesians.
0: Uh, right. <laughs> I'm trying to find which one I wanted. Hold on. Is that the one I want? I had it. Why right there, move it? Mm. Hold on. Well, let's just go ahead and read Ephesians. You go ahead and read Ephesians, um Do I want to read that one? Hold on, I gotta get the right scripture, y'all. Just hold tight. I hear you I hear you looking at me with that tone of voice. Hold on. Where'd it go? Who took it out of my Bible? We'll put it back. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read right here. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's pick up right here in verse 18. Read okay. to the end of the chapter.
1: <clears throat> the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over the church, or head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all.
0: Okay, very good. Got a couple of places marked here. All right, got to get back to where you guys are. All right. Marking all my places. So I want you to look at this. Look at verse 21. But well, first of all, verse 18, he says, I want your eyes to be open. What are we trying to do? We're trying to get your spiritual eyes open so that you can see and understand and be enlightened. And that means become full of wisdom and knowledge uh, that, w- that you may know what is the hope of Jesus' calling for you and what is the riches of the glory of, the in- of his inheritance in the saints. Uh, this sounds like Jesus is the one with the inheritance. And, and he does inherit by God the power and authority, might, and dominion. But really, we're his inheritance. Really what it means is we're his inheritance. In other words, we need to understand that when we became that new creature, we became part of Jesus' inheritance. In other words, we became part takers. We, became, we, we obtained everything that Jesus obtained. Okay? Now go to the next verse, Verse 19.
1: And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to word who believe according to the working of his mighty power?
0: So Jesus received all power, all might, all dominion from the Father God. And because he received it all, we have an inheritance. Let me explain to you what an inheritance is. An inheritance is when somebody dies, you get their stuff. It's that simple. If you are an heir, you get their stuff. Now with most estates... It's pretty well, it's divided in percentages to each people, to each person. The standard is everybody gets a fair share, but some people say this one gets 10%, this one gets 50%, this one gets 17%, whatever. You can do it, you can set it up however you want to set it up. The Father set it up this way. The Father said, Jesus, when you died, you got all the power, authority, might, and dominion of heaven and of the earth and in hell. You are the king and supreme ruler. And then... He said, and anybody that receives you receives an equal share of the inheritance that you received. Not a, not a percentage of his, re, of his inheritance, but we receive what he received. When do we receive it? Do we receive it in heaven? No, we receive it the moment we become that brand new creature in Christ. Hang tight with me, y'all. Keep going. Which he wrought in Christ. Yes,
1: which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places.
0: You've been with us on Wednesday night. Man, we've been talking about the throne, and it's awesome. And I've got somebody that's been verifying it for me because she's been there and seen it. Sat in the throne already. I'm a tiny bit jealous, but that's okay. All right, it's a good jealousy. It's not a bad jealousy. All right, I look forward to the day that I get to see the Father and sit with him in the throne. Glory to God. Keep going.
1: Far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come.
0: There's another world coming. A lot of people are like, oh my God, the world's going to die, it's going to implode, there's not going to be another world. No, there's another world, another version of, of this earthly world coming. Got to join us for for the revelation teaching.
1: And of course, you know that he's when he says principality, power, and might and dominion, he's talking about spiritual powers such as the devil and all of his guys. All
0: his cohorts. That's
1: right. And he's saying that that his his name is above all of those all of those names, and that through the uh, the inheritance that we have, we are above as well.
0: Absolutely, position. You are posi- when you come into Christ, you are positioned. Above every devil, demon, and imp of hell.
1: But only as we are in Christ.
0: In and through Christ. You have total authority over your flesh. You have total authority over your thoughts, minds, and opinions. You have total authority over every demon that comes against you. You have total authority against all sickness and disease. You have total authority over any lack that tries to attack your life. But... You cannot be over here hanging out with one foot in heaven and one foot in hell and going, I get all the power. Because that's not how this works. Nope. You put that foot in hell and you might as well just step over here. Because that's the way they're going to perceive it. And God's going to put his hand of protection on you for as far as he can and as long as he can. But eventually, if you don't get your feet back into his kingdom, eventually he's going to have to lift that hand of protection. Now, I know we're at time, but hold on. I want you to see this. I want you to go to... Oh, I know where I need to be. Thank you, Father. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I want you to look... Let's
1: start reading in verse 11. All right. In whom also ye are circumcised without with, with the circumcision, made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So it's not a physical circumcision. It's a spiritual one. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and in and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it.
0: Glory to God. He, Jesus, spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over on them in it. What Jesus did, this is describing the victory parade that Jesus had in heaven. Jesus thoroughly whipped your enemy. Amen. Thoroughly whipped them. Well, well, that's why I said there's nothing at the beginning of the service, Pastor. I said there's nothing Jesus cannot do. Hold on. Hold on. Go back and I want you to look at verse. Well, let's read the verse. Let's read verse 17.
1: Let's read verse
0: 17. You want it? 16? Might as well. Go ahead. Okay.
1: Let no man, therefore, judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holiday. Holy day. Oh.
0: Which is a holiday.
1: Okay. Holy day or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ.
0: Listen, he, because they were all tied up in religious law. He said, don't get caught up in religious law. He said, the religious law is nothing more than a shadow of what's coming. And what's coming is, is the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Now, let's go to... Uh, Back up and look at verse
1: 9. All right. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily.
0: All right. So Jesus is the Godhead. Now go back to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to pick up right here in. uh, Jesus is telling us that we're. Let's just pick up, man, got to save time, got to save time, think about time, 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 time. Uh, Let's read verse 20 and go down.
1: All right. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in fear of God.
0: That's, That's not like, oh, my God, I'm afraid, but like, God, I don't want to disappoint you.
1: Right. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church.
0: Wait, what did he say? Christ is the head of what? The church. Is the is the deacon board the head of the church? No. Is the pastor the head of the church? No. Is the congregation the head of the church? No. Is the wealthy person in the church the boss of the church? No. No, no. who's the boss of the church? Christ. 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 Keep reading.
1: All right. And he is the savior of the body.
0: And he's the savior of the what? The
1: body, the body. of Christ. The The body body of Christ or the body of the church.
0: All right. So, what's the body?
1: The church, we are. The
0: church. The church is the body. Us individually are members of the body. Us, the church, is the body. Us, the church, is the body. And every member, when we gather together, we're the church. When we're walking around out there by ourselves, we're a member of the church. We're not the church. Or I should say we're a member of Christ's body. We're not Christ's body. Okay? Okay. So when we dismiss, the body is going to be disassembled, and we're all going to go out there and do our own things. But when we come together, we're assembled. Now, here's the deal: When does the body know how? To, when, when does the body know when to assemble? When the head of the church says, "Come assemble." When he says to the pastor, "This is when you want to have services," then the, the he, then, then the pastor, the head of the local church. Sends out the notification, says, this is when the body's going to assemble. We're going to come together. But you are a member of the body. Now, wouldn't it look strange if Derek's sitting here and his foot said, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to disattach, and I'm going to go get in the car and drive. Down here at the restaurant, get me some food. Do you think that's going to work out very well? No. His foot needs to stay attached to his head. I want you to go. But Jesus is the head. Jesus is over all principalities, powers, and rulers, and everything. I got one last verse. I want you to see this because we're talking position. Go to the go to uh Matthew chapter twenty eight. Matthew chapter twenty eight. Now you're members of the body, but the church together is the body. Okay? Matthew twenty eight, last verse.
1: Last verse. All right. T- well,
0: Sorry, verse 18.
1: 18, okay. 18 to
0: 20, sorry.
1: And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth.
0: Let's clarify who he's talking to. He's talking to his believers. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his body. He's talking to the body. Okay.
1: So all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth.
0: How much power does he have? All of it. Where does he have, what power, who does he have? He has heaven's power and earth power, right? Yeah. Who ha- and he has all of it, right?
1: Yeah. Yep, he's got Kay. all of it keep everywhere.
0: Going. And all the power. All right, let's keep going. All right,
1: 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Keep going. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen.
0: When Jesus spoke these words, he took all of his authority, all of his power, all of his might, all of his dominion, all of his riches, all of his resources, everything that belonged to him. He took it and he handed it to his body of believers. Which means that unless we, the body, operate in our power might and dominion unless we operate as christ tells us to operate jesus can do absolutely nothing in the earth he can do nothing in the earth why do bad things happen because the church and the members of the church the members of the body because the body of christ the members of his body are not doing their position they're not fulfilling their position And when you're not fulfilling your position, you have no power, might, or ability. Okay? So what is our position? Our position is in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we have all the power, all the might, all the ability to do anything that Jesus tells us to do. Now, if Jesus tells you to go be a witness, then you have the ability to be a witness. If Jesus tells you to go pray for somebody, you have the ability to go pray for somebody. If Jesus tells you to sit down and read the Word, you have the ability to read it and understand it. If Jesus tells you to spend time with Him in prayer, you have the ability to pray and spend time with Him. If He tells you to sit and wait for Him, you have the ability to sit and wait. If, you're, if you start to say something and there's a scratch on the inside that says, don't say that, you have the ability to stop speaking. If Jesus says, hey, tell them this, you have the ability to speak it. Your position in Christ enables you to do everything that God has told you to do. Jesus said to every believer that came into contact with him and received him, he said, go and speak. Sin no more. Which means you have all of the ability to no longer sin. Amen. You have the ability to no longer get offended. Yep. You have the ability to control your emotions. You have the ability to forgive. You have the ability to walk in love. You have the ability to not gossip. You have the ability to perform your job as though Jesus Christ was your physical boss. You have the ability to gain prosperity in every area of life. You have the ability to control your emotions. You have the ability to control your mouth. Now, you can't control the thought that enters your mind, but you have the ability to pull that thought down and bring it into the obedience of Jesus Christ. You have that ability The problem is, is because we don't know and we don't understand our position, we're not using our ability. We're saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, it'll never happen. I can't, instead of doing what God tells us to do and declare, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can prevent from, I can stop from sinning. I can, I can keep my body Clean and pure and out of sexual sin. I can say no. When my body wants me to say yes. I can. But first you've got to understand your position. And your position is in Christ. Your position is not the family you were born into. Your position is not the school you go to. Your position is not the classroom you sit in. Your position is not the job you hold. Your position is not in the color of your skin. Your position is not in your education. Your position is in Christ, and there's nothing that you cannot have or cannot do as long as it lines up with the Word of God. And on that note, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, let's take the tithe now, and the now, offering. Now, no, I'm kidding.
1: Now, <laughs> now, you'll notice that she's been saying that you have the ability. Now, just like Adam and Eve in the garden, they had the ability, but they also had a choice. That's right. We have to exercise that choice. If we don't do that, then, it, then it's for naught. Glory to God. And, and here's the deal. You know, some people wonder whether they're saved or not. Here's how you tell. If he, if you've made him Lord, Lord and Savior, of your, Lord and Savior of your life, then you're going to choose to do the things that he tells you to do. Glory to God. And if you're not choosing on a fairly consistent basis, then you might need to start looking at whether you're actually saved or not, or or whether you're, you're just backslidden, or you you or you you need to make some improvements. You know, I mean, he's given us the ability to not sin. That doesn't mean automatically that we're not going to sin. We have to exercise that choice. We have to make ourselves do it.
0: That's right. And when we put
1: Jesus as our Lord, and we, want yes. to, and we love him, and we want to please him, we're going to make that choice. We're going to make that choice not to sin.
0: That's right. But it's still God. a
1: choice. He, he's not made us slaves. That's the difference between his side and the other side. He's not made us slaves. We still have a choice. That's right. The the unfortunate part is if we make the wrong choice, we can end up back on the wrong side.
0: That's
1: right. That's
0: right. Glory to God. I'm listening to the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to do a, a. I'm not going to do. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. If you say, I've received Jesus as Savior, but I've not made him Lord, I need to make him Lord then right there where you're sitting, I don't even need to lead you in this. All you need to do is say, say out of your mouth, Father God, I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I believe that he died. I believe that, you rose him, that, that he rose from the dead, and I, and I receive him. And that's it in an instant, in that moment. Bam, boom, you're in the family. But I, I don't have an unction to give an altar call, so to speak, to pray it with you because I don't want you doing it out of emotion. I want you doing it because you need because you know it's what you need to do. But it's just that simple. And you don't even have to be that eloquent. You can just say, I believe he raised him from the dead, and I make him Lord. I mean, it can be that simple. Now, I think that the, more, more so what's really stirring on me is I think there's people in here that say, well, I made him Lord, but I didn't really understand what Lord was. I didn't really, or maybe I understood it, and I did it at one time, but I kind of walked away from it. All you have to do is recommit. All you have to do is say, Father, I, I, I've got a better understanding. I get it now. I understand it now. Father, I'm making that choice. Listen, I tell the Lord every single day. I make this prayer every single day in one form or another. Every day I say, Jesus, I choose you. You're the Lord. I choose you. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it because I believe in you. Sometimes I say I believe you raised from the, you've been raised from the dead. Sometimes I just say I just believe in you, Jesus. But this is a commit. This isn't something you pray one time, you walk away, and pooh, I got my ticket to heaven, and praise God, whenever I go out of here, I go out of here. I'm going to the to the holy ground. No, because there's actually requirements. There's actually there's actually requirements to get to, to make the call out. What I'm talking about is the rapture. There's requirements. There's requirements to get into heaven. You can, you can confess him with your mouth and deny him with your lifestyle. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. By not making the right choices.
0: Yep. And God, and now, I'm, now I'm not the judge. If your lifestyle is, denying, is, is effectively denying him that you lose your salvation, only he can judge that. But you know in your heart where you stand with God. You know on the inside where you stand with God. If there's an emptiness and a darkness on the inside, you're, you're, you're separated. Or at least you're on your way to separation. And I highly recommend that you, work, that you that you make the commitment to come back. Now, if you're in the house and you make that commitment, come talk to Pastor Mike or I so that we can help you to stay in that transition. If you're online, reach out to us by email through the website, or you can just email us at dhmmain at uh, gmail.com and just say, Hey, I, I made that decision. Just pray for me. We're here for you. We'll pray that you that God leads you to a home church. Uh but if you make that decision, make sure you tell somebody so you have a support system. Well let's do the offering and uh we'll release the people.
1: Right. They're feeling
0: like Pharaoh right now.
1: I guess they're getting hungry by now, I know. I know. Father I know.
0: Father, I'm... we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Go ahead, honey. Okay. I know, go ahead.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, we love you and we thank you for your word that you've given us today. We, we thank you that, that it's, it's fallen on good ground, that it will grow in our hearts and in our spirits and, and it will bear fruit in our lives and in the lives of those we come in contact with because you you, you told us that that our per- your purpose for us is that we spread your word. Not just to the people inside, inside the church, but to the people outside too. With, that we, have the bold, we ask that you give us the boldness and the courage to speak to people that we meet throughout the week. That, that you give us the courage to share you, share you and your good news with them. So that they might become enlightened. And I mean that in more than one way. You, Lord, we just love you and we thank, thank you for this. Lord, we also know that you, that because that, that, that you want, that we, well, Lord, we want to see your work done yes. on earth as it thank is you, in Father. heaven. You, we, we, so therefore we give unto your kingdom. We know that, that, uh, that it requires money for the church yes. to operate you, and therefore we give unto you because you gave unto us first and you gave us the ability to make that money and the ideas and the know-how and the knowledge and, and the health to do it. And without you, we can do nothing. Lord, so we know that this money truly came from you anyways. So we're giving back a portion for, your, for the doing of your work upon the earth. And Lord, we, just, we, we ask that you bless our offering, that you, that you cause it to go more than we could ever ask hope or thank towards the furthering of your work here on earth. And Lord, we thank you that because we are tithers, we have the ability to rebuke the devourer. And Satan, we, we bind you and we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. This includes our things, our health, Our jobs, our abilities, everything that we have will prosper because we lay our hands to the work of the Lord in Jesus' name.
0: Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for increase. We thank you for seed sown. Satan, take your hands off the money. Release it. Let it go. Angels, go get it. Cause the money to come. Cause prosperity in every area to come. In Jesus' mighty name, you can serve the people. Glory.